Hey everybody, it's Anthony. This week, we're going to go back in time to May 10th, 2021, and we're going to hear an episode called Book Sprints with Amy, where she kind of gives a quick rundown of books that she was reading at that time, and it was one of our popular episodes, so I thought I would replay it this week. Hope you're doing great. We'll be back next week with a new episode, and talk to you then. Have a great week. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Hello there, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to uh, episode, I think this is 62. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. As we've given you an insight before, uh, I've been reading, go figure. And so I have, uh, well, I started, we started out with a couple of books that I've read that I wanted to share with um, our listeners that I thought were fantastic. And we extended it to three other books, uh, two of which Anth has read or is reading, and one that I finished up from a Bible study. So with that. So I thought, okay, how do we make this not just a boring podcast about talking about books that you all likely may not have yet read? But I hope you do. But she hopes you do. <laughs> so I thought, how about we do book sprints? Book sprints. Book sprints. Okay. So what we're going to do is we'll talk about each book in about five minutes. Okay. We'll keep the pace going. And then I've got. Yes, I see this little plastic ball cap. I've got a plastic ball cap. No ice cream in it this time. But with all the names of all the books and then a mystery book. Uh Uh-oh. Also that you don't know that we're going to talk about. Oh, boy. And so the only way to know, we'll, we'll find out what order we're talking about when we pick a name out of the hat. Oh, so that's how we're doing the order. So that's okay. how we're doing the order. So all mix right. them all up. And then, Amy, why don't you go ahead and pick? Picking something out. All right. What do we have here? I can read my husband's writing. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> Another gospel. Another gospel. All right. All right. With that, what's funny is that the two books that I'm going to talk about um, have question marks in the title, which I just found amused me. So the first one, and probably the one I am the most enthusiastic about right now, is called Another Gospel. <laughs> what was that? You don't know. I'm leaving that in the recording. <laughs> All right, people, I have not had a stroke. I just can't read. Point, extra points for inflection. Wow. I'm not sure if inflection is really what that was. But anyway, the name of the book is Another Gospel, question mark. And it's by Alyssa Childers with a foreword by Lee Strobel. And the subtitle is A Lifelong Christian Seeks Truth in Response to Progressive Christianity. I cannot recommend this book enough. I recommend this for men and women. So just because there's a woman who wrote the book 
It is for everybody. Teens, uh, this is a very straightforward, easy reading book, but has tons of info in it. Um, a friend of mine recommended this to me because it had been recommended to her and she really enjoyed it. It is an audiobook. That's how she listened to it. And then I bought the book. Alyssa Childers has been, as it says, a lifelong Christian. And many years ago, she was exposed to a class at a church that she and her husband were attending. And she was in this class. It was a teaching class, Sunday school class. She doesn't really say, but it's this teaching class. And anyway, she got hammered with progressive Christianity, which probably 15 years ago or so was called seeker-sensitive. What was the other word that was going around? Other Emergent? Emergent, yeah. Emergent church, seeker-sensitive. Today, you hear it pretty much as progressive Christianity. So what she does with this book in 12 chapters is not only describes and covers what progressive Christianity is so that the reader understands that. She also very succinctly goes through historical Christianity, biblical Christianity, depending on how you want to call it. And it's essentially apologetics book. And that's what she does now. She's got her own podcast. I haven't listened to that as yet. She's travels and she speaks. Um, for those of you who may know, she was part of the Christian uh, band Zoe Girl. So that may be how some of you know her name. But I really recommend this book. This, Why? Because I've heard the word apologetics since I became a Christian in 2004. I sort of intellectually know what that means. But this book really brings that out as to what is my faith? What is my belief? And why? And it explains to me why I believe what I believe. And in a way that I can then explain it to others. It sounds like it also explains why you don't believe certain beliefs. Yes, yes. can look at it that way. It is definitely why, why I believe the Bible is inerrant. Why I believe the Bible says what it says and every word is what we should follow. This is our guide for life. And I now know why I don't believe those who say that it's, it's not and we shouldn't be doing that. So please read this book. You know, your teens, especially maybe your, your um, kids who are about to go off to college and are going to get bombarded with all sorts of liberal teachings and philosophies, please have them read this book. Is it, a, is it a heady book? No, it is not an academic book at all. She's very straightforward. Uh, she's funny uh, in appropriate places. And it's real. It's just a very real book. And it's one of the reasons that I love it and that I would recommend it to any and all. Excellent. Well, good job. And you did that with 19 seconds to spare. I know. So I'm so proud of the, myself. <laughs> the dogs didn't have to bark. Yes. Yeah, that was his alarm, uh, <clears throat> by the way. Yep. And so now that one. I'm going to mix them up. And Amy's picking one now. Yeah. Go ahead and open it in front of the microphone so they can. Crinkle, crinkle. Yep. Here we go. A Life. Sprawl biography. Oh, oh there's the our bonus mystery one. book. The mystery book. We All get to the mystery right. book right away. Look at that. Now, what's interesting with this to tell 
our listeners is the fact that I read the book, you listened to the book. Correct. That so that is true. There there you go for for our listeners who who l- like the audio route. Yep. So uh so a life. What'd um, you think? Um disappointed. I, I agree. I was disappointed in how it was written. I I love R.C. Sproul. I love his books. I'm reading two of them, other ones now. It just doesn't give me the the life of the man. I don't get a better sense of who R.C. Sproul was as a man. Uh, not any more than I already knew, you know, from, mm-hmm. from his own stuff. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, I was I was disappointed by the the audio book. I thought the book's pacing was not great. Mm-hmm. It was slow. slow. Yes. Uh, and there were a lot of academic discussions mm-hmm. that happen because there's all different eras in his life where he's combating certain false things, whether it is progressive Christianity, right. inerrancy of scriptures, you know, the battle against inerrancy mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And different classical apologetics versus presuppositional apologetics, which I won't get into, but the point is there are these two mammoth schools of thought as mm-hmm. far as proving the existence of God. So there's a whole discussion on why Sproul is in their classical apologetics camp. Mm-hmm. And again, these are just, they're distractions away from who the man really was. You don't really learn a lot of the, just the, I don't want to say the battles that somebody goes through, but the highs, the lows, the, the disappointments. It just right. seemed like the way it was written Every golden door opened for this right. man. And we know that can't be the case. Right. I mean, didn't even get a sense of in some of these theological battles that were legitimate. The one thing you can really appreciate about Sproul and that did come across at least early on in this biography is how much he loves the Lord and appreciates the holiness of God and how much he wants wanted to convey that to the lay person. I mean, the man's a serious academic, mm-hmm. but he could convey to the lay person. Also, as far as the audio version, there were a couple of times where there were some mistakes in the audio. Mm-hmm. So it almost seemed like it was rushed out. And know. I and I actually found a couple, three common editing mistakes that it's like, yeah, someone should have caught that yeah. pretty easily. And like sentences repeated. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it was just not a strong biography for given all the access that Stephen Nichols had to the family and you know, mm-hmm. his own personal experience with RC his notebooks and, and his notebooks. Yeah. I, it, it, it just lacked more about the man. Yeah. I think there's a, a lack of warmth in it to a certain extent. I mean, you, mm-hmm. I got the sense of him starting Ligonier, where that started, how that started, how very much, people were in his home and how he interacted with everybody no matter what the walk of life oh and what we were talking about earlier as far as the impact and highs and lows he lost friends in some of these mm-hmm. legitimate theological battles right. i mean he lost really close friends in in those yeah yet you don't really get the sense of how that may have impacted him yeah. now he, go ahead yeah now i would say too just to end on a on a positive note yeah. on this do I recommend reading the book? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because you do get a sense of the man's life. Right. It's maybe not the best uh, description of it, 
but it's worth reading. You do learn from some of the the academic discussions. I do think at some points they're a little too deep mm -hmm. for the general readers, but you can learn from some different things. There's a lot of theology that's packed in there, a lot of good things. So is it worth reading? Yes. Yes. Just know going into it that you probably are going to skip over some pages here mm -hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. So. Good job, honey. Wow, on the good money. job on the money. <laughs> All right. All right, you get to pick the next one here. I can't stop the timer. <laughs> you can't shut up uh -oh. the dogs. <laughs> All right, All right. I get to pick rattle, the rattle. next one. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no drama. No drama. Hey, this is big. This is big. Do you realize right now mm -hmm. there are people listening to this podcast mm -hmm. on the edge of their seats. I'm sure they are. <laughs> there are people like, I mean, this is, this is about as close mm -hmm. to vintage golden years of radio drama as some millennials will ever know. If we have any millennials. Who I, listen to our yeah. Podcast. I'm not sure we have any millennials listening to our podcast. Oh, okay. All right. So here we go. Da, Ready? Da, da, da. The art of divine contentment. There, you're on. All right, I'm on. Timer's on. Five minutes and counting. And I guarantee you I will be done before five minutes. <laughs> because this is Thomas Watson. Thomas Watson is a Puritan. And he was born from 16, uh, born in 1620 mm -hmm. and died uh, in 1686. And if you know anything about the Puritans, you know that one sentence is like a soaked sponge and you can just wring that out and water will come gushing out. One is sentence true. is like that. Mm -hmm. And so the point is, the confession is, yeah, I'm on page 28. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I love... And Puritan. I've been working on this for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, I, I love Puritan writers, but it's definitely not a quick read by any stretch. You don't want to, really. No. Because no, you would lose out so much because right. of the, that, the way yeah. they write their sentences. If you're not familiar with, if you haven't read a lot of the Puritans, let me, let me give you a, a quick overview, and then I will talk about the book a little bit. Um, the Puritans' minds function like Japanese origami. Okay? Take an idea... Take a topic, take, take a theme, and then it's a swan. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. Because they you take had not shared that with me. I like that. Because they take an idea, they take a theme, they take a, a doctrine or whatever, and first they fold it this way, and they tell you what it's not. Mm -hmm. Then exactly. they fold it another way. And they tell you what it is. Yes. And then they fold it another way and say how the lost person may or may not deal with it. Yes. And then they fold it another way and show you <laughs> how Christians deal with it. And He's then, on the money, folks. He really <laughs> is. That's exactly how it's written. But wait, there's more. Because <laughs> then they go, and here are the 39 reasons. <laughs> and... Each one with their own sub-reason yes. about this particular thought. Yes. So, so that's how the Puritan mind works. So mm -hmm. the point is, seriously, yes. Puritan minds, 
there's a lot to wade through in what they're saying because there are these, you know, the way their mind works and the way their writing is laid out, there are these, the main point, the sub point, the supporting points of the sub point. And they're all legit. I mean, they they all work. Yeah. The point is, as much as I joke about it, these men, I, I, it's hard to believe that they were just ordinary men mm-hmm. like like we are, ordinary people like we are. Because the amount of thought, consideration, time invested in thinking through these things to be able to write about them, to preach about them, to present them to Christians, to help better Christians, is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And so with this particular one, he does exactly that. He really does go through and and talks about the sin of discontentment. So he kind of turns it on his head, t- right. talks about the sin of discontentment, talks about what it is for a Christian to be content, why we can be content in the Lord, mm-hmm. the Lord's providence, and so forth. And so, and then he gives, he resolves some questions. He talks about the nature of contentment, rules about contentment. How a Christian may know whether he has learned that this divine art of contentment. It's really good. And so the point is, I'm on page 28 because, because there is just so much. He says on page 15, in regard to his faith and courage, Paul was like a cedar. He could not be stirred. But as for his outward condition, he was like a reed, bending every way with the wind of providence. When a prosperous gale blew upon him, he could bend with that. I know how to be full. And when a boisterous gust of affliction blew, he could bend in humility with that. I know how to be hungry. That's the kind of writing and thinking you've got to think through Mm -hmm. with this. Two seconds left. I'm not going to let the dogs out. Cancel. (laughs) Done. And I have read this book, but it's been a while and I'm due to read it again. So, Okay, before we go and talk about our next book, Mm -hmm. I want to take a minute and play a little promo I've got for Help Daniel Walk. Yes, please do. So take a moment, please, and listen to this. Hi, this is Anthony. I wanted to tell you about how we're partnering with Gracebound to help raise money for Daniel. Daniel's a young man in Uganda, and we want to bring him back to the States this summer, 2021, to get fitted with new prosthetic legs. He was here a couple of years ago, and well, he's a growing boy, and a growing boy needs a new set of legs. So if you would like to help us out, please visit helpdanielwalk.com and tell a friend. Use the hashtag helpdanielwalk, helpdanielwalk.com. Thanks so much. All right, so we're back. We are in the middle of our book sprint. Mm-hmm. And we are sprinting. Now, we are sprinting. <laughs> this book sprint, by the way, is the closest I get to physical exercise. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> and uh I've I've got uh I'm pretty sure I have a leg cramp. <laughs> Pulled a hammy. I, I pulled a hammy reading a book. <laughs> if there's anybody who can. That would pull a hammy, it would definitely be you. I turn the page and I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> You laugh, but it's true. Mm. I have to ice down my finger, you know, and your scroll, ice down your my scrolling hammy. That's right. My scrolling <laughs> finger and my hammy. Uh-huh. I'm a mess just from reading books. All right. Well, on to the next one. All right, Amy. 
with that, rattle, rattle, rattle. Oh, I get to pick another you one? You get to pick another Uh-oh. one. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, we got, we're down to three. I know. We're, this is a good way to do it. Keeps me uh, on task. Listeners like, come on. <laughs> come on, man. This a little itty-bitty piece of paper right. five minutes later. And statistically, somewhere there's a book junkie listening to us going, come on, man. <laughs> Give me another book. <laughs> All right. It's the other book with the other question mark. Oh, excellent. Okay. Are we together? Are we together? Now, the first thing is, this is not a marriage book. True. So let that that be known. How about that? You didn't expect that. I did not expect that. Actually, the subtitle of this, first of all, it's by R.C. Sproul. No surprise. Are we together? A Protestant analyzes Roman Catholicism. This is not a long book. It is not a super academic book, although it does get into, you know, certain doctrines and uh, what are the things when they say councils, uh, like the Council of Trent. But it's an important book. And the reason it's important, for some of you who have been listening to us for a bit, I did not grow up Catholic, but Anthony did. And so did my mom. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother on my father's side was Catholic. So there is Catholicism in my family and in Ant's family and and in his life, in his early life as a kid. There was a lot I didn't understand. I knew that Catholicism and Protestantism does not blend. It is not ecumenical. Uh, But I didn't really understand why. And R.C. Sproul just breaks this down. Uh, it's like I said, it's not a long book at all. I'd help if I'd had the chapters open before. But he takes the basics, what I consider the basics. He he goes over scripture, talks about you know historical Catholicism and and their belief in scripture. Justification and the differences in what the church, meaning Catholic church, says about justification, which tends to, what well, isn't tend to be, it is Jesus plus, mm-hmm. you know, grace plus. Uh, then the church itself and the structure of the church and the differences with that. The three that I thought were the most significant to me just because of my lack of, of knowledge on that was the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So what the sacraments are to the Catholic Church versus Protestants, the papacy, and then the last chapter is Mary, which was for myself the most eye-opening mm-hmm. chapter of, of all of it. And it's a hundred, well, that goes into the index, so 123 pages, 121 pages before you get into the notes. So not a long book at all, but I really do think it's an important book if if you come from a Catholic background, my mom has been reading this and, and says that it's it really has been flashbacks to her as to when she grew up in the Catholic Church and, and the problems it had for her and what she's come out of. Mm-hmm. I know you, it, you relate to that mm-hmm. when you're talking to folks. Yeah. But if you have Catholic friends, this will help you not in the debate. I'm not, you know, this is mm-hmm. one of the things you're not going to go out there starting a fight, but the more you understand 
the more you can have an intelligent discussion with someone right. who says, I'm Catholic, therefore I'm saved. Mm-hmm. Which, frankly, is up there about as much as, well, I've gone to church since I was born, so mm-hmm. therefore yeah. I'm saved. Sure. So it's it goes both ways. So I, again, another R.C. Sproul book, he really did write it for you and me. But he doesn't dumb it down either. So, you know, you do have to think. You just don't have to have your head explode. Yeah. And that really was one of the the gifts, one of the trademarks, one of the hallmarks of R.C. Sproul and Mm -hmm. his ministry. Mm -hmm. The man was brilliant, but yet had that gift of communicating deep theology and deep truth Mm -hmm. in such a clear, simple, straightforward manner. Yes. That's my other super recommendation right now. Another gospel and are we together? Excellent. Okay. All right. So we got. All right. So. Two more. Two, two more. Here we go. Ready? Yep. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, I did I, that. I had yeah, 20 you, seconds you, left. You did. You had more than that, actually, because I forgot to hit the button. The man in the gap. There you go. The man in the gap. This one is all yours. Yep. And. Because I just started it. (laughs) mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. The man in the gap. Brand new book. Brand spanking new book. uh, Put out by Shepherd Press uh, by Rex Jeffries. And the man in the gap, the life and ministry of Martin Peterson Holt. Spell that. T-H-A-T. What? You told me to spell that. <laughs> the man's last name. Okay. H-O-L-D-T. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to... <laughs> I'm just trying to follow along, baby. Um, so the man in the gap, Martin Holt, was a pastor in South Africa. Now, it doesn't matter that this book was given to me by a friend who actually worked on the book because I would say the same thing regardless. I really enjoyed this. I enjoy biographies anyway. Mm -hmm. And it was actually even good to read this after listening to the RC biography. It's true. Because immediately within the first couple chapters, there's just a difference in content, presentation, understanding of, the person about whom the biography is written, mm-hmm. and so on. What I also liked was Martin Holt was born in 1941 and died December 31st, 2011. So this is a modern biography. Mm-hmm. And to read it, it's a, it's a biography, it's a modern biography of a very godly pastor. It's one of those things where so often you read these biographies of say George Mueller, Hudson Taylor, you know, and again, you, your mind goes back to these people from long ago, long time ago, 1800, you know, and right. And so you just don't think of such godly people, such people of prayer, Mm -hmm. people of the scriptures and so on. So it, it was, it was very refreshing to read. Since Martin Holt was a pastor, and in many ways, he, I mean, he was a pastor, he was a church planter, mm-hmm. so there were churches that were dying that called him to help them 
saved the church. There were churches that he planted or helped plant. He was also a pastor to pastors. He had a ministry to help pastors who had, you know, had moral failures. Mm -hmm. And so he would counsel them and, and help them through those things. The book talks about the importance of expository preaching, you know, verse by verse or, or, you know, expository preaching. And then also about prayer, prayer in the life of the believer, prayer in the life of the pastor. In many ways, it is a biography about a pastor for pastors. But. But I definitely encourage getting this book because it's a biography about a godly man to God, to people who desire to be godly. It's a good way to put it. And if you desire Christ, if you desire to live your life for Jesus, and I'm not talking about the stereotypical sold out for Jesus, mm-hmm. radical, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah kind of living. I mean, just faithful, biblical Christian who longs in your heart above all things to finish well. Yes. And to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, even mm-hmm. though you know those words do not belong and do not apply to you because of your own heart. If you're that kind of person, Christian, then this is a book that you'll enjoy. You know, there's there are practical things about prayer in it and, and everything. And, and it, it's just a really good book. So I highly recommend it. And I have seven seconds left. <laughs> so... How about that? So, yep. So, I recommend it. Yep. And I've just started reading it. Literally just started reading it. So, I'm looking forward to it. Because actually, before uh, Ant and I met, I was not a biography person. And then he got me. I think we did that on that one episode that I got to where I really enjoy biographies. So, Mm -hmm. I've been looking forward to this since he's been so tickled with it. Yep. All right. Well, not much rattling going on because we have one more book. I'll do the little scritchy scritchy. All right. We have another Puritan. Well, actually, it's the same Puritan. Thomas Watson, again, another book called The Great Gain of Godliness. Now, I just have to share this because it just tickles me in this time period, whether they were Puritan otherwise. The original title for this book, when it was first published in 1682, was Religion, Our True Interest, or Practical Notes Upon the Third Chapter of Malachi, the 16, 17, and 18 verses. That was the title. But that is what it covers. I know, I love these things. Puritan paperbacks changed the title to The Great Gain of Godliness. I had started this as a Bible study with a, a ladies group, and it's good. And it's, it's everything that Ant said on, on the divine contentment he can put one sentence out there and you would be mulling that over, you know, the rest of the day. It, I used to read parts of this at lunchtime and then go back to work with a, just a whole new perspective. But the first half, uh, part one, is called The Character of the Godly. So he takes these verses, and again, it's, it's Malachi 3, 16 through 18, and you'll go through the different verses and, and talking about essentially the fear of God. And it's really good for us to 
revisit every once in a while the fear of God. Because in this modern world, we really don't have a concept of what that means. Fear means reverence, Mm -hmm. awe, the holiness of the Lord, always in all things. And how we approach God with that mindset, yet not being afraid of him. It's not fear as in we're going to be squashed. It's just fear of, wow, this this is a holy God. And he deigns to pay attention to me mm-hmm. and love me and teach me and be patient with me. And that's what all this is about and, and how we, you know, walking in the fear of God is one, um, is the fear of God in our hearts. Now that that was a chapter of just what our hearts do and don't do. Um, the second half is the good effects of godliness. God regards the piety of his people, what that looks like. And uh, God rewards his people by owning them. Now that sounds like a oxymoron or you know mm-hmm. something that, that doesn't make any sense. But it, it's good stuff. And it's everything that Anne said with the other one. You know, you've got points and subpoints and sub-subpoints. But folks, it's worth it. I mean, it's just really, it's actually not a long book at all. It's a, a small little paperback, but it just has a wealth of, of information and not even information, but application mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of just being aware of the holiness of God and living that day to day, interacting with other believers, interacting with non-believers. Part of the discipline of reading is, is getting through these books, is getting through these ideas Mm-hmm. of of taking on the challenge of processing of working through the ideas and and the, the thoughts being presented by the author it's true of every book mm-hmm. with the puritans it's especially so because they are so dense mm-hmm. you know one sentence one sentence can blow you out of the water yes not in a not in a mean way mm-hmm. it's just that there's so such a mind-bending thought being presented here that you have to stop and read it. I mean, you know, you have to stop and you, you can't get through it. It's really, it is just like how some foods are just simple carbs and you can just eat right through them. Mm-hmm. Other foods are protein and they're just so dense. You can't, you can't eat the you same amount. You can't just mouth through it. Yeah, yeah. you know. I know for me, for someone who likes to write, as I do, I read a Puritan and I read one sentence that they write and I'm like, well, forget it. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Why I watch bother? him. He just throws his hands up in the air. He says, there's no reason for me to write. You know, no, because, no, no, no. Because they use these word pictures and they pull these ideas together and they've meditated on this in such a way and they're able to communicate it in mm-hmm. such a way. And it's such a short amount of words per sentence sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they have longer sentences. Right. But sometimes they have just a sentence that just, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. that I go, ah, I'm done. Never mind. I just pop, pop, just and they've got staying down. power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about books that are. 1600s. Mm-hmm. You know, so nearly 500 years old. Right. And they, they have value to our day-to-day Christian walk. Yeah. And, you know, I always recommend to... They're 400 years old. Yeah. yeah, well, see, you do math better than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want to balance out your reading. I mean, 
for myself, I usually have a couple of nonfictions with maybe a fiction or maybe a nonfiction that's just kind of easy to pick up and put down. But like an, another gospel is one of those that you, yes, there's a lot there, but you can read it pretty much straight through. Right. When you get to something like the Puritans, you don't want to set the goal. I want to finish this as fast as I can. You really do want to just think about it. Right. And, you know, we talk about meditating on words. It, It's true. Yeah. So those are some of the books that we've been either reading or we're still working on. Right. And we just wanted to share those with you. If you've got suggestions for a book, hey, you should really check out. Yes. Email us at show at graceandpeaceradio.com. Show mm-hmm. at graceandpeaceradio.com. If you have a book you want to buy us, <laughs> email us for our address <laughs> of where you can ship it. Uh-huh. No, just kidding. Yes, we, we have no pride when it comes to books. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. If you do read any of these books, let us know. Yeah. And we'd love to know your thoughts on it. Did you Absolutely. like it? Did you not like it? What caught your attention? Maybe that was different than what caught our attention. So. Yeah, yeah. And if there's a book that you read years ago that you think, hey, this would be a great book. You know, did you ever read this? Or, hey, what did you think of this book? You know, whatever. Email us. Mm-hmm. Show at graceandpeaceradio.com. Or comment on the Facebook page. Yes, you could do that Grace too. Grace and Peace Radio, you could do that. So that's about it. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for being amused with ourselves as we are with ourselves. That's right. And uh, Lord bless you. And we will talk to you next time. Take care. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.